Hey, good morning. Uh, obviously, I'm not there with you, but Sarah and I have been worshiping with you this morning, even if not in the same place. We're worshiping, you're worshiping, which means we're all worshiping together, which is it's just so cool. We are actually in Boston right now. We're out here for the Chapter 4 Institute for the third module, which is something that I've mentioned a few times, and we're, we're getting kind of farther into this thing to where I'm going to be talking a lot more about it and a lot more about what the purpose behind it is. But essentially, we've been out here in Boston for several days, spending time with other pastors from around the nation who are interested and have a burden on their heart for their their local congregations being a, a people who make a real drastic difference in their community. The type of place that really the community needs to have and can't operate without. That Sunday morning is important, but what about the rest of the week? That the church is not just Sunday, but it's all week long. So that's what we're out here doing. I'm excited to be able to come back and to, to start sharing a little bit more about some directional stuff as far as what this has meant for us at Monroe City Church of God and kind of some things that we'll be doing. This ties into the sale of the parsonage that, that was approved several weeks ago and what's going to come out of that as far as uh, what kind of difference that gets to make in our community. So we've been having a great time doing this, but... This morning is not necessarily to talk about the chapter four and what direction we're going with that. We've got something else planned entirely this morning. Before we jump into that though, because this is different already and the fact that you're watching on a video instead of me being there in person, I thought, what if we do some other things a little bit different this morning? What if we do this a little bit youth men style? So I've got a question for you and hopefully you walked in with something to write on and something to write with. I've got kind of a two-parter question, depending on your age range. Um, here's my question for you. I'll just get right to it. What or how would you define a good life? What does that look like, to have a good life? Like, think through what does that look like at home, at work? You know, what does that mean for your job, for your family? What, what does it look like to have a good life? And here's another piece to this, or maybe you want to focus more on this answer. What kind of goals have you set for yourself in your life? And here's why I said this might be different based on your age. If you've lived more years, maybe you're going to spend some time and you're going to look back and say, what kind of goals did I have that were about having a good life? Uh, and then still, what kind of goals do I still have going forward? If you're on the younger spectrum and you don't have as much life to look back on, maybe you're going to spend more time looking ahead. So... Here's the question. I'm going to give you several minutes to write this down. We literally write it on paper, and then we're going to discuss what are some key factors in saying that in you being able to look at life and saying this is a good life. What kind of goals have you placed or are you placing to have a good life? All right, pens, paper, here we go. The countdown is going to start right now.
All right, pins down. Just like in school, put those pins down. Don't keep cheap. Actually, I don't mind if you keep taking notes. That's perfectly fine. I don't mind if you even keep thinking of things and you want to write those down. But here's what I want you to do now. I want you to look back through your list and you know maybe your brain works in this way and you'd like to do this to where you're going to kind of clump things together as far as this goal and this goal are kind of similar to each other and, and this aspect of a good life is similar to this one and they clump these together. Maybe you want to do something like that. But as you look through your list, uh, what kind of categories do you end up? Kind of write that on your paper. What kind of categories are you ending up? I know it's not going to work real well for you to shout those out because I unfortunately can't respond back and forth with you this morning. But do you see some, do you see some themes going on in there? Maybe the, the good life is having the bigger house. Maybe the good life is having the bigger job. It's having a healthy family. It's, you know, it, I don't know. What, what kind of themes are you coming up with? Write those down on your paper. And then look through that list again, and I wonder how many of those themes that you're writing down on your piece of paper have to do with humility? How many of those things have to do with mourning? I don't mean like waking up in the morning and being really motivated when you wake up, but M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, mourning. How many of them have to do with things like that? How many of those things have to do with seeking righteousness or justice. Like where, what kind of categories are you coming up with here? This week, while we've been here in Boston, we've done a lot of work. We have also had some time to play. We actually had a chance to sail on the Boston Harbor on a legit like 60 foot sailboat, which was a lot of fun going out there and seeing the city kind of back from a distance. We've learned a little bit about the history of the city. We were able to, to go on part of the Freedom Trail tour and walk that with a guy whose Revolutionary War era name was John. We don't actually know what his real name was, but his Revolutionary War name was John. And he walked us through and he told us about some of the history and you're gonna start seeing some of those pictures. I'm not gonna walk through what each of these pictures is all about. You know, I, I don't wanna do a slideshow for you in that way. But as you're seeing these pictures, these are all significant places when it came to the United States, those early pioneers declaring their independence, declaring their freedom away from England, away from Great Britain. You know, there's, as we sailed the Boston Harbor the other day, there, we've all heard of, or most of us have heard of the Boston Tea Party. And that's a significant part of the, the fight for independence um, for the United States. We walked by the third oldest and the oldest cemeteries, and I believe it was the United States. It might have just been Boston. I can't remember for sure. We walked by those. We saw Sam Adams' tombstone, one of the Sons of Liberty. We saw the, the monument to John Hancock, one of the Sons of Liberty, who is actually one of the wealthiest people in the United States before it was the United States, who had come over from Britain, but who fought on the side of independence from Britain. We saw churches that used to have such an impact. And as we heard these stories, Jim Lyon, the director of the Church of God, was with us. And one of the things he talked about was how, you know, Boston used to be considered like the epicenter of all things New World. It was the epicenter of culture. It was the epicenter of, 
of education. It was the epicenter of spirituality. And these churches had such an impact on that. I'm not going to go into all the history of Boston or anything like that and all the, all the history of those types of things. But as we walked on this trail and we saw these significant places in the history of our nation, we saw these places with significant history for the freedom that we obtained from Great Britain. It hit me that many times the freedom that we're the most concerned about and the freedom that we fight the hardest for is that same kind of freedom. It's for the American dream. And so that that good life that we can have is about all of those types of things that we fought for so that we don't have to pay taxes without representation so that we can, we can own more property and, and we can have more stuff and we can be more comfortable. But over the course of the next, I don't know how many weeks, we're going to spend some time looking at a different kind of freedom. At a freedom that, that we here at Monroe City Church, as I as your pastor, as many of you sitting out here today, the freedom that we say is the most important all the time, but possibly the one that we don't spend as much time talking about or learning about. And that's the freedom that we have through Jesus Christ, through what he did by going to a cross and rising again from the dead. But as much as we talk about that story and as much as we think about that story, I wonder how often do we really look and dig into the words that we have written down? We know that he said more words than are in, in the Gospels. You, know, you get to the end of John and it says, hey, he did a lot more stuff than this, but if I wrote it all down, you'd never get done reading. <laughs> but the words that we do have, how often do we really dig into those. For some of you, you're sitting here today and you're, you're thinking, I'm not really on board with this whole Jesus thing anyway. I'm here this morning because for whatever reason, I'm here. Somebody drugged me along. My, my parents made me come. I don't know what it is for you, but you've heard about Jesus and you've heard about all this stuff and, and you've kind of decided like, nah, I'm not, I'm not really down with his teachings, but I would ask you just like I'm asking everybody else, how often have you spent time reading his words? Not somebody else's interpretation, not what somebody else told you he said, but how often have, we, have you spent reading his words? For those of you who you are like, I'm totally on board with Jesus, how often do you spend reading his words? That's what we're going to do over the next several weeks. And again, I don't know how long we're going to spend in this. We're going to start with a passage of scripture known as the Sermon on the Mount. When he gave it, he didn't give it that title. He didn't stand up there and say, today's message is titled the Sermon on the Mount. We call it the Sermon on the Mount because it was a message that he gave, probably not really like this, but a message that he gave while he was on, get it, a mount. So boom, there we go. We've got a name. But we're going to work our way through Matthew chapter five through seven. We're not going to hit every single part of it. We're going to hit some of it. We're going to pull in other things that he talks about too. And I would encourage you, if you're not on board with Jesus, to read through it and to say, wow, what did Jesus say? And if you are on board with Jesus, read through it and say, what did Jesus say? And then we're going to come together on Sunday mornings and we're going to unpack this and we're going to dig in deeper. We can take a sentence and turn it into a lot more discussion because it's so important to understand what Jesus meant when he said those things. 
So to start off this whole process, instead of me sitting up here this morning or standing here, I guess today, this is, by the way, this is Boston College in the background. That's the very edge of it anyway. I ran around it this morning. It's a huge campus, 1.7 miles to get around that thing. Totally off topic, but anyway, I'm here in Boston, you're there. I'm gonna be doing the same thing. So is my wife, Sarah, who's with me right now. What I want you to do, what I'm asking you to do, I'm not forcing you to do, obviously, but what I want you to do is before you leave here this morning, so whether it's in this room, whether you wanna go out to the cafe, whether you wanna spread out, I don't care where you do it, but before you leave this building this morning, my invitation to you is to read Matthew chapter five through seven. Not Matthew chapter five, verse seven. Matthew chapter five through Matthew chapter seven. Three chapters. I invite you to do it with other people. I invite you to, as you're doing it, answer the questions that are gonna be on the screen, but the questions of which, what, what teachings am I reading that I'm like, man, I really struggle with this, or man, I really don't understand this, or who, that one, I like that one, and write those down on that same piece of paper that you've already been writing stuff down on this morning, or mark it in your Bible. I know some people are like, you don't know, mark in a book, and I get that. I'm a believer in marking in a book, especially if it's a Bible, Obviously, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do any of this. I can't force you to do any of it. But I invite you to do it. And I invite you to do it with other people this morning. Take turns reading through it. I don't, however you want to do it. Or, or find one person that loves to read and you just sit there and you read along with them while they're doing the reading. But I, my encouragement to you, in addition to this, is don't pull out your phone and do it. But use paper. A paperback, hardback book. And read through this. Hopefully you brought your own. Hopefully you got a message to bring your own this morning. If you didn't, we've got Bibles. And if you don't have one, stick your hand in the air and we will get you a Bible. Or you can walk around and find it. That's up to you too. But before you leave here this morning, Matthew chapter 5 through 7. And then here's where we go moving forward. Every day. Every day. As we're walking through this series. As we're walking through this series, looking at how by me coming to the end of myself and starting here, starting with the words of Jesus, I actually begin to see that by, by stopping paying all the attention to me and starting over here, I can actually start my life in the way that it was intended to be more than any other way. That's what we're doing with this. We're starting right here with the words of Jesus. And I think that you're gonna find that you're gonna discover yourself even more by coming to the end of yourself and starting with him instead. So we're gonna read through this every single day for probably the next month and a half. Matthew chapter five through chapter seven. If you wanna make yourself a calendar, if you're one of those people, if you're like my wife Sarah, and you need some check marks to remind yourself and you know, all those types of things, do it, and it's, it's awesome. Whatever it takes for you, put a reminder in your phone, hey, today I need to read Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Because as you get into this thing called cognitive reframing, it's a fun word to talk about, you get into cognitive reframing, we see that the more you repeat something, the more you believe it. And the more you repeat it, the more you remember it. It makes perfect sense. You know, the whole, it takes however many days to form a habit. Well, the more you put this in, the more you're going to see that you live it out. 
So that's my, that's my goal with all of you. That's my challenge with all of you. We'll see you next week. We'll be back in the building next week, God willing, and uh, we'll launch into this thing. And by then, we will all have read Matthew chapter 5 through 7, seven times. Love you all. We'll see you in a week.